Uh, it's just been way too long, hasn't it? So um, I don't uh, even know how to tell you how much it means to me to to be here. You know, Jesus said to his apostles, uh, it's with earnest longing that I'm with you today to have this um, cup and to share this with you. So today I want to just talk about um, perception because I talk about that a lot. And uh, that's, if you've been reading my connecting book, that's what connecting book is about. And our perception defines every decision that we make, all of our future, and everything that we do. And so this isn't new, but it's just a continuous reminder. Marcus Aurelius, who was a famous philosopher long time ago he said everything we hear is an opinion not a fact and I don't know if you've thought about that but everything I say is my opinion and everything you hear on the news is an opinion and he said everything we hear is an opinion not a fact <coughs> everything we see is a perspective and not the truth see and what what we have to come to is to understand that we are ruled by our perspective. In the 1200s, um, John Scotus and Thomas Aquinas said, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Isn't that amazing? We don't see things like they really are. We see things like we are. We see the things we want to see, the things that conform to our assumptions and our preferred way of looking at the world. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? We see things as we are. And what we want, and we see them like we want them to be. And as soon as we understand that, we can begin to move forward with, I don't know. See, we begin to move forward with, I have a lot to learn. Perspective is what God, God said to Abraham, right? He said, as far as you can see, I'll give that to you. My perspective, as far as I can see. I, I, I was looking at some of these, um, some of these uh, optical illusions. Let's see, can you see that? It's on blur because of the Yeah, camera. I can see it on my camera, but oh, there. Oh, there it goes. Let me see. Yeah. Maybe it's because I have my background on blur. Yeah, it is. Let me try. Okay. Let me try that just real quick. Okay. How's that? Perfect. Okay. Now I can't see it at all. Okay. Have you seen this um, optical illusion? It's a beautiful young lady. Ooh. Can you see it? And it's also an old, old lady. I wish I could see your faces. So here, 
It's the beautiful young lady, and here's her eyes and her nose, right? Can you see that? Yes. But then here's the old lady, and there's her mouth, and there's her nose. Can you see that? She takes a little bit of time to see. Here's here's the old oops. Here's the old lady's chin. Here's her mouth. Oops. Here's her nose. Can you see her? Yeah. How many of you see her? Anybody see the old lady? Okay, ah. okay you see her, right? It's perception. It's all about perception. Now, I can build a church or a denomination on the young lady. I see the young lady. That's the truth to me. Or I see the old lady. And that's the truth to me. All you see is, is the old lady. <laughs> okay, so... This is an easy one. This guy sees a six and the other guy sees a nine. Right? They're both they're both thinking that they're right. And they're going to argue and fight over what that is, their perception. Sometimes I wonder, how can my friends think like they do? How can they have the opinions that they have? Well, their, their perception, what they're seeing to them is the truth, right? <laughs> okay, here's here's one. What do you see here? A duck. Do you see a duck? Or do you see a rabbit? Okay, you see a duck and a rabbit. But funny how you see what, what you want to see, right? Because perception is everything that we have about our lives. Everything that defines us. Everything that shows us who we are. Shows us what our future will be is, is defined by our perception. Whether we think people like us or not, whether we think that we're a success or not, it's all about perception. Everything about the political arena, it's perception, isn't it? So, so Jesus walks through the world and everyone saw him as a man, but only those with spiritual eyes could perceive him as Christ because their perception was different. They saw and perceived, some of them perceived him as who he came to be. But most people just saw him as a normal person. When, when Jesus was feeding the 4,000, he asked the disciples, why are your hearts so hardened that you cannot perceive or understand? So our, our perception can harden our heart. Nicodemus 
I love to think about Nicodemus because Jesus told him, you, you must be born again in order to what? See the kingdom. You can't perceive it. You cannot imagine what God has in store for you. You cannot, people can tell you, but if you can't perceive it, it can't be yours because as far as you can perceive that that's what it is for you. So your present reality where you are today is determined by your perception, how you interpret your life around you, how you respond to everything that is happening in your world around you, what you consider to be important, how you behave, how you react to other people is all about your perception of the circumstances that you're in. Wow, I, I just am overwhelmed by thinking how much I've missed because of my perception. How much I've thought things were one way when they were another. Can any of you agree with me on that? Has anybody ever, has anybody ever made mistakes because they've misseen mis how things really are? Oh, I thought it was this way. I, I, I understood you to say this. So when, when the angels rolled the stone away, it wasn't for Jesus to get out, get out of the tomb. It was for the disciples to see, to perceive that he had risen from the dead. He already had, but they didn't perceive it until the stone was rolled away. And in that way, the stone has to be rolled away from our eyes. I, I, I may have told you this story before, but you know, when Saddam Hussein was, uh, was um, born, uh, his, his mother had been beaten and, and she had beaten her stomach trying to kill her unwanted child. She had beaten herself. Her husband had beaten her because they didn't want him. And then she remarried and abandoned him and left him on the street at, where he was starving and treated like a little puppy dog. And the people around him called them horrible names. Now his perception of who he was came from all those surrounding events that told him that he was something other than normal. And he became dysfunctional because of his perception. And his first murder was at the age of 10. The age of 10. Because of past hurts because of his perception of how people treated him. So every, every decision that you make depends upon your mindset. And almost all of that is unconscious. We don't even think about it. We just respond. We just react. But your perception gives you meaning to life, gives you meaning to your identity, and causes you to know who you are and to know who God is. But the problem is that we are 
pre-programmed from the past. How we solve problems is how we were treated when we were children. So let me let me change this again. Maybe you've seen this. I've had I've posted this before. Your your present reality, your what you see, what you perceive, is based on your knowledge of what you know, what you've been taught. See, because a lot of what we've been taught has not been truth, but it's been opinion, right? Your perception is based on your culture. Your culture. So many times we see superstitions and offense happening inside of culture. Culture changes a person's perception. A lack of worth. Your environment, your old, who you were in your old person, your past, your hurt and broken heart. All those things affect your daily life. When we talk about culture, there is there are very few forces stronger in, in your life than the culture you were raised with. The culture that says that you have to do things a certain way. And we're always so afraid that if we break that cultural boundary, then our families won't like us and our <laughs> and they'll leave us or shut us out, which they often do, because if your perception opposes somebody else's perception, then there's a, a violent disagreement. This is, this is usually unconscious, but it regulates us and our behavior and how we relate to everything in the world. Our <laughs> And besides that, new information, like we said, has to fit inside of a framework of what we already know, because it's hard to receive new information, because our perceptions are blocked by things of our past. So our busy little brain does not want to rethink long-held ideas. Don't tell me. I've believed that my whole life. Well, see, our physiological self opposes reframing new ideas. So it's hard. It's a lot easier to just keep thinking the same old way, the familiar way. That, make, that, that makes us happy because we belong, because we know what's going to happen. We fit into a cultural expectation. We fit into a, a, a group that thinks like we do because friends most likely are formed from people who think like you do. Hmm. So, so here we are in this place where we don't want to accept new ideas any longer. Because loss and change 
are very much the unfortunate cost of growing and changing. For, so here we are, and it, 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 it and I know a lot of you know this already, but just to think about it, we don't know everything. I don't know everything. We can't stop learning. We haven't come to a place where we excel above everyone else. Everyone has something to teach us. Everyone has something that we can learn from. And Socrates, he said, the only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. My God, that just really, <laughs> that really gets to me because we really don't. All we know is what we, our perception of what we've learned this far. But truth, and here we are, Jesus said he was truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And truth does not depend on whether I believe it or not. It, it, it remains truth regardless of whether you believe it or you don't. Truth, truth is not always found in tradition, in culture, in good intentions. Truth is not. <laughs> There's no alternative facts. Facts just are. There's no like optional facts. There's no alternative to facts. Truth, Jesus said he was truth. Truth is not based on my opinion or my, my perception. Truth is truth because it is. And so Jesus comes to us and tries to bring us into a place of greater perception because he's the truth. And the gospel should change the most inner spaces inside my consciousness and radically adjust my worldview. I should be constantly changing, constantly. How The Lord wants to bring us into a place of glory, but we can't even perceive it because life is so difficult and we miss the most important moments in our life sometimes because we are seeing it in a different way. So we are converted. <laughs> Some of the Southern preachers go, I woke up this morning and I got saved again. Well, <laughs> we convert, we change what we think and what we believe every day about who God is and about what life is all about. In order for us to understand and to keep moving forward and not be caught up, not be caught up in the invalid, invalid perceptions of the past, the old mindset, and it's old. It's old if it's been if it's if it's dry if it's not living if it's not alive then it's old and, and so the mind is is where the game is won or lost 
in inside of your consciousness is where your perception reigns. And you know, if you think about the spies going into the promised land and 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 everybody, all of Israel saw saw grasshoppers and giants. And because of their perception, right, they wandered for 40 years. But Joshua and Caleb had another spirit. And they saw themselves as winners. I can take this mountain, Caleb said when he was 80. And, and, and we don't always realize the process because for each person, it's different. But even though Israel left Egypt, Egypt was still inside of them. And, and that slave mentality still reigned in their thoughts. And they couldn't see past being a victim and being defeated and, and seeing giants and grasshoppers and ugly things. And, and, and we become a slave to anything that we allow to stagnate our perception from growing. But the thing is, God won't force you to give up Egypt. And he won't take it away. And they wandered because of unbelief and complaining. They wandered and wandered. Rather than changing the way they saw things, they had um, unconscious preset patterns of behavior, didn't they? So. As long as we endure inferiority and fear and depression and self-destruction and hurt, then we'll not try to change. As long as we think, I, I'm not good at math, I can't do that, I hate that, our perception makes us a victim of what, what we think about ourselves. That's why the scripture says, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks. <laughs> so, our, so constantly, we need to ask ourselves, are there unconquered areas in our, in our consciousness that prevent us from entering fully into the promised land? What is it? that's keeping me from success, greater success? How can I move past the limitations of my life right now and move into a greater sphere of, of uh, impartation and influence? What can I do to, to change my mentality? <laughs> Personally, you, you have to do it yourself. You see, we think that God's going to do this. God made me think differently. But God's got, not going to do that, you see. He tells us every, every day to put on the new man. Who, who does that? We go into our closet and we pray, God, put this shirt on me, put this dress on me. Who? Who puts on the new man? 
knows who puts on the new man? Because God's not going to do this for you. You, It's your understanding that causes you to see farther. Your entire future depends upon understanding this concept. Your Your entire success and everything that is ahead of you depends upon your perception of who you are in the kingdom. I was thinking about the time when David finally perceived that he was king. But he'd been king for years. And he was like anointed and set apart and everything for years and years. But there was a day when when David perceived it and he figured it out and he realized it. And the, only then could he reign. Only then could he take charge. But Because we rule and reign through the power of which we perceive. We cannot rule beyond what we know about who we are and what is ours to reign over. Even, even our physical health. You know, we I battle with this from time to time. Uh, it, your physical health results from patterns learned since you were born. And we have to break those patterns and those processes. So there's a process in perception. I, I hope you're... I hope you're getting something out of this. So there's a process in perception. There's an input that we receive and we respond to it. Whatever that input is, we have to select it. We have to organize it. We have to sort it and collect it. Are we going to keep this or are we not? See, see here's another uh, optical illusion here of two people or a glass. The process of perception is that we have to select what we are going to believe. What, and then we sort out our thoughts and our, and our responses and we collect that which is necessary to keep. We have to put on this new man and think differently. Your your, your entire life is stored in your subconscious. Everything that's ever happened to you is stored in your memory. Some of it's buried. But but the, the thing is, it has to be healed. We don't forget it. But those things have to be healed in order for us to not be a prisoner of our past, like Saddam Hussein. So, you know, even Joshua and Caleb, they they had a different spirit, but they said, let's go up at once and possess this mountain. We are well able to overcome it. But there was an action 
their perception of who they were, we're well able to overcome this, caused a strategy and a response. And they began to select what they were going to do and to sort out the other options of what they were going to do and collect those who were in agreement with them. Let us go up at once and possess the promise, see, because God isn't going to do it for you. It is when you figure it out, you can go up and possess it. Much is the same in the search for equality. We can, we can feel unequal our whole lives. We can, we can think about all the times we've been mistreated and ignored and hurt and disappointed and just, and just feel like we want to give up or that we just want to fight. But really what we need to do is realize who we are and choose to reign. I, I don't have to fight to be an equal. There's no need to strive. You're a part of God's new breed. The old man's dead and you can prevail. But you have to believe it in your heart or you're going to fight and strive. Or you're going to choose to walk in who you are. I, I, let's go up at once and possess this equality. For I'm well able. I'm well able to walk in equality. I don't care what other people say. I don't care what giants there are. I can walk in the fullness of who God has made me to be. So, so there was this. Uh, I, I wrote this book a long time ago about, about Whole and Holy. And I was just going to show you a few things from her, from this book, because I really love this. This, this gal here, this is Susie, and, and she's really suffering from a lot of bad thoughts. And she said she went to church, and they made her stop coloring her hair bright red, and made her stop wearing her earrings, and they said the devil was after her because her shirts were too, skirts were too short, <laughs> and too tight. And she said, hey, you know, what about these bad thoughts? So she quit everything. Nothing helped. She just wanted to give up. She is she a perception of how she lived in her environment, of how she thought, thinks. Her actions and decisions, her emotions, her behavior were all a combination of her, of her past. Now, this is who comes into the church door. This is who's going to come to you to be ministered to you, by you, right? And, and uh, it's easy to dismiss somebody as grumpy and as irritating as she is. But the problem is her abuse, her feelings, her, her disappointment, everything that's blocked her consciousness of receiving truth. And everything in her present life is a replay of her past. 
I mean, she's been divorced. She's lonely. She's had abortions. She has a bad temper, bad thoughts, depressed, double-minded, always in a bad mood, full of shame. And in the past has robbed her of hearing the good news, even though she's at church. And But all people can do is to try to correct her exterior. But she needs her perceptions to change. She needs her thoughts to change. Are you with me? She needs a healing in her thoughts. How, how many of us get sick and we think, oh, my God, I have a brain tumor. Uh, I'm going to die in poverty. Nobody cares. Nobody loves me. People hate me. So, so Susie stopped wearing the short dresses and she started wearing long dresses and long sleeves. But her thoughts still remained. She still had all those thoughts. She quit every external action. But the problem wasn't in her ex external issues. The problem was in her conscious mind. She was ready to give up. And all she could think about was how much she'd been hurt, how much she'd been disappointed. She had selective perception. These are the people that come to us. These are the people that God wants to heal. But it's not a lay hands on them suddenly and instantly they're better. It can take years for people to work through their abuse. But once they do, it is, it is a forever healing. We can't stop the bad thoughts by binding the devil, but we can stop the bad thoughts by reprogramming her perception. And that is a soul realm process. And, and, and you have to make up your mind to not give up until this person has obtained the healing that God has for them. I saw a sign once that said, adjust your emotions. I went, whoa, just now, right now, this minute, adjust your emotions. Change the way you're thinking and then do it again. And then do it again. And then do it again. Because anyone can backslide. Anyone can have lewd thoughts. Anyone can give up. That's easy. You know what else is easy? It's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to be a quitter. It's super easy to get angry. No, nobody can choose life for us. But God comes in to mercifully heal us from the inside 
from the inside where we're defeated. Where's the battle? In the I call it the Armageddon of your mind. Those are where the strongholds are. Strongholds are not devils. They are described strongholds as arguments and reasoning by which one tries to fortify your opinion in order to defend it against an opponent. In other words, Susie needed to stop thinking like a victim. She needed to stop thinking the way her past had produced her thought patterns because Jesus has paid an infinite price for us. And, and you, you're not created to be left out, to live with neglect, to live in poverty, to be manipulated, but nobody is. And a lot of times we get healed and then we wanna go on and we forget about all the other people that are waiting for us. They're standing in line waiting for us to hear what we've learned. And, and, and there's only those of us that have come through it that can say to Susie, you can do this. You know, we, there's an application in this. All your future progress hinges on soul transformation. Everything about your life and her life depend upon uh, depend upon her hearing. This is perception, right? By seeing differently, by hearing differently, by smelling, by tasting, by touching, by having an identity that changes. The aspects of being born again will change your perspective. It will change your identity. And that is a lifelong process. That doesn't go away just because you are now a minister. It doesn't go away because you're a pastor. It doesn't go away. This process has to continue all the time. We are constantly learning we are constantly coming into a, a new awareness. Nobody has arrived. Nobody knows it all. And the minute you do, you need, the minute you think you know it all, you need to start over. Because we need to see through a renewed heart. We need to see through the new man. We need to see through righteousness and peace and joy and fruits of the spirit and the new creation. How many times, how many times do we have to pick ourselves up and begin to see again? Every decision Rest in your, in your perception. Everything you do. And the problem is that the older you get, the more painful memories you have and the strongholds become even harder. Even though you've served the Lord for a long, long time, the memories increase so, so are we discovering how to 
become the glory of the Lord? Or are we just satisfied with our daily life? It's called metanoia. It's the process of understanding who we are in God. The change from who we were to who we are. What a miracle. What an advance that the glory of God begins to come into us and break off that old nature that has haunted us and bedeviled our minds, that old nature, the, the, the revelation of redemption, the fullness of redemption, changes your identity. This is so easy because most of you have already known this, but it is a daily process that we have to understand that we are constantly bringing ourselves into a greater um, strength of knowing the glory of God that resides inside of us. It is so easy to lose this sense of abiding presence. So, so Mary told Martha, I'm sorry, Jesus told Martha, let me, let me just read this to you. He said, uh, Jesus told Martha, I, I, I'm the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And, and, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Well, what a revelation. Jesus told a woman that he was the resurrection and the life, and he had not told his disciples. He had not told them, but he told her this greatest secret. And, and he said, do you believe that? And her perception was, oh, yes, I believe that. But somehow, even though she was the first person to hear it, she still thought the promise was for a time to come. You see, she didn't fully perceive that he's saying right now, I'm the resurrection. She thought, yes, someday. He's, he, but he was talking about apprehending the fullness of time right now. And, and, and just like that, we assume that the promises of God are for some, for some time later, for heaven in the sky and the sweet by and by. Somehow we think that one day Jesus will love us. One day we'll be healed in heaven. But he's talking about right now. It's not one day we're going to sit on harps and sing. It's not one day we're going to be set free from the difficulties of this world. He says, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life right now to bring us into resurrection life right now? And, and do we believe that? And do we know that we can continuously work on our perception 
we can continuously pull down the doubts and to move forward. You know what? If we can't hear God when we pray, if we can't hear uh, revelation anymore, then we need to understand that our perception is affected and we're not able to be who we're called to be. And we need to really get back into the envelopment of what God has called us to do and to be. So Lord, in Jesus' name, I, I just pray for each person here. Lord, I pray that even though they think they've heard all this before, God, that they will understand that you desire us to continue. You desire us to continue changing. You desire us to continue drawing closer and closer to you. Lord, that you desire that our perceptions are no longer limited. Lord, but that we do perceive truth and that we do hear truth and that we aren't affected by the perceptions of others that are not true. Oh, Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you that you've called us to be a rising people that can handle the difficulties in our life. Lord, we can, we can move past the hurts that have defined us, the limitations, the bad news. God, we can move beyond it. And we can be able to take this next mountain. Lord, no matter who we are, Father, in Jesus' name, God, I, I just believe that you meet us here right now. Right now, Lord, let your glory touch us. Let your glory dwell upon us and within us. Father, in Jesus' name, as we move and we determine to pull down every stronghold of limitation, every victimized feeling, Lord, every sorrowful disappointment, we just determined to pull it down right now, Father, in order that we can draw closer to you, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.